0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Aquademia podcast. I'm Sean O'Laughlin and today is part 2 of our auditor specific episode series. Uh, I'm sitting down today again with Ashley Hart, who was on the part one episode, but we're also sitting down with Fergal Gilfoyle, who is an auditor out of Ireland, and uh, he just gave us a fantastic rundown of what it's like to become an auditor, how to do it, what steps you need to take, what kind of things you're going to be doing in your day-to-day work as an auditor, and uh, it's just a really great insight into everything that auditors do for the seafood industry. So before we get into that, I want to remind everyone, like I always do, to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen that way every time a new episode comes out it will be automatically downloaded directly to your device if you want to get in contact with us fill out the contact form at globalseafood.org podcast or find us on twitter we are at AquademiaPod and lastly if you have a couple minutes we would really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen it really helps us out and we appreciate everybody that's already done that alright enjoy this conversation that I had with Ashley and Fergal and we'll talk to you at the end All right. So I'm sitting down again with Ashley Hart, uh, who was on last week's episode talking about auditing. Uh, Ashley, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Sean?
0: Good. And after I spoke with Ashley and Val, I said, hey, it would be really cool if we could have an auditor come on and talk about like, kind of like a day in the life, right? Like, what is it like to be an auditor? What 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 was his story? And how did he get into it? and Stuff like that. And like, what, what does that look like as a role in the seafood industry and as a job. And both of you blurted out, we need to have Fergal on. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's so uh, so we are sitting down with Fergal Guilfoyle. How's it going? Hi. Hi. Please to meet you. No, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, And Fergal, you've been an auditor for a little while because I looked back in my email and I had email correspondence with you back when I was working on the auditor training course here, <laughs> BAP. Yep. And I was... um. I was teaching part of it, even though I didn't really know too much about it because I was new to the industry. <laughs> they still had me teaching it. And uh, I was doing a lot of the admin stuff behind the scenes. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's where I know that name from. So, uh, how long? I want to get, I'm just going to get right into it. Yep. Actually, before I start asking questions about auditing and auditors, tell us your story. How long have you been in the industry? How long have you been an auditor? Where do you come from? What do you do? Just yep. give us, let us, our listeners know who they're talking to.
2: Okay. Okay. So, so Fergal Gilfoyle, as you as you said, I'm Irish, living on the west coast of west coast of Ireland. I couldn't tell. F- full time. Yeah, <laughs> I've been full time auditing for about five or six years. I've been auditing for probably almost ten. But at the the first few, it was just organic audits in Ireland, so it would have been part part time. Right? So my background, I'm a marine biologist so i audit fish farms and shellfish farms hatcheries um uh i do some freshwater work but it's mostly in mostly in the sea mostly marine stuff so i'm a marine biologist by by academic training it's been about 30 years now i have a degree and a and a masters um but you know they're only the they're only the basis of a of an education the experience from the last 30 years gives you gives you, a, you know, an awful lot more to work with than, than your college will, although it's, you need it and it's useful, and I go back to it. Um, so a marine biologist, and I started working uh, for Irish... Um, Government agencies, so we would have a couple of scientific agencies working in marine research, in marine, in the in aquaculture development. So I would have done research projects in food safety, research projects in developing different technologies in in mussel farming, uh, in in salmon farming. Um, I did that for maybe 15 years, lots of different projects, lots of different work. I worked on fishing boats, I worked uh you know as a scientist. I I I did uh, some scientific diving. I did lots of different things. And then about 15 years ago I went out and set up my own oyster farm and actually got got into the 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 dirty work of growing oysters selling them uh, you know driving tractors um and all of that totally enjoyed it but while i was doing that which was only part time i i developed a consultancy so i was doing environmental reports and lots of different lots of different projects one of which was auditing um mussel farms and seaweed farms for organic certification so in europe we have to we 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 certify um Producers for, for that they're producing organically to the European organic standard, uh, and in order to do that, in order for them to put an organic label on their product, somebody like me has to come along, inspect or audit their business um, and give them a and, and fill out a report, and then the company I was working for would give them a certificate, and when they have that certificate, they can put organic on their on their produce, and they can sell it hopefully at slightly more money. But certainly there was more demand for, for organic seafood as a way of differentiating your, your product in the marketplace. So I would have done organic auditing, well, actually for the last 15 years or so, but, but um, 10, or, 10 or 15 years. But I was doing it part-time for quite a while. And then about five years ago, I went full-time. I took a job with an Irish uh, what we call a CB or a CAB, which is the company that does audits for 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 BAP for other standards. Um, my company also did organic, so that's kind of how I got into it. So I went full time into auditing um, salmon farms, mussel farms, um, but I suppose mostly salmon and some hatcheries, uh, salmon hatcheries all over the world. Actually, uh, did a lot of work in Norway, did a lot of work in Canada around Vancouver um vancouver island i was out there quite a few times i was up and down to south africa Uh, more recently i've been down to morocco i've been scotland a lot of work in ireland where else that's about it england i'm going down to the south coast of england for a mussel farm next week um so you you know lots of different variety lots of different places similar businesses but everywhere is different you know everywhere Mm -hmm. does it different so i did that for about um for full-time auditing for a few years and then i i I did get into kind of managing auditors and managing schemes so that would be more office based where i would have been involved in training auditors um getting them qualified uh, and then arranging the audits and managing the interaction between you know the the bap standard operators, which is yourselves the standard owners and and ourselves and also then any cab that, that operates also has to have their own accreditation with a, a quality uh, a quality body. So we would have had audits from them. So I'm auditing, but I was also being audited. You know.
0: So when you say and cab, then, that's like the certification bodies.
2: That would be the certification body. Yeah. yeah so okay. in order to hand out a certificate or audit a company, you as an auditor, you don't work for a standard owner. You work mm. for a cab or a CB. So there there's there's international. CBs all around, all around the world. I worked for an Irish one, which was bought by an Australian one, which was bought by an American one. Um, I'm now freelance. So I worked for them for about four or five years full time. And then I went freelance. So I'm still doing a lot of freelance work for them and, and some contracted work for them uh, for that American, for that American CB. So I'm still active. Um, I'm out next week, uh, to a mussel farm on the South of England. I was on an oyster farm in Ireland and another one in Scotland a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, still still active, still out there.
0: That's cool. Can you talk a little bit about like processing qualifications, right? I know you you mentioned kind of your story, but like it, for anyone who is interested in becoming an auditor and maybe doing this for work, what, what are some of the qualifications? I know when we used to do the training for our auditors at BAP, we had fairly strict qualifications um, to approve like that you can even come to the training. So like what uh can you kind of walk us through a little bit what someone would need for qualifications and the process they would have to take to become an auditor if that's something they wanted to do? Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 industry is looking for experienced and qualified people. Not necessarily experienced at auditing, but experienced at marine biology or fish farming or oyster farming, mussel farming, food processing, right? So people who have industry experience, hopefully scientific training as well, and then with a, with a, with a, a, a wish to go and, and work as an auditor in that industry. So I would have had industry experience from owning an oyster farm, from auditing mussel farms, salmon farms, and working on them. Uh, I would have had academic uh qualifications in a, a degree in in you know something useful it doesn't necessarily have to be marine biology for example but it, you know the, the food safety if you're going into auditing fish um factories um you know marine biology or or environmental science um you know or or aquaculture does, does do, do degrees you can do in that so the 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 CVs and the standards the, the standard owner will often set the minimum requirements mm-hmm. so usually it's some level of academic training, but not necessarily. And usually it's some level of industry um, experience, but you can also have a mix of those. So if you- So
0: so someone who's like just finished up at their university, just graduated with a degree in aquaculture um, or marine bio or something, that's not necessarily gonna be enough qualifications to jump into auditing, right? You're gonna need to get some of that on the ground industry experience before you can go into that role.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's unlikely that you'd be hired straight out of college. Yeah. So what the what what the what the cab is looking for is somebody who has the the, the college education if if they can, and who has then gone and worked in the industry, either in research or actually getting their hands dirty. Uh, you know, driving tractors, uh, harvesting mussels, uh, gutting fish. You know, uh, uh, that's you learn an awful lot from working with other people and working for companies. Um, that you that you don't you don't get that experience from a book in university
0: oh yeah i can I can back that up hundred percent I went to school for aquaculture fishery tech and okay. then I started working here probably five years after finishing that up and yep. uh i I had no idea there's so many different facets of the industry I didn't know anything about till I started working here yep. um, and so yeah i i would i back that up a hundred percent that you you really need that hands-on experience or at least just engaging with the industry yeah. in some way right because because yeah, yeah. in in school it's all theoretical your everything is in your little bubble that you're that you're learning in the classroom but uh, you don't really know what's yeah. going on out there right
2: yeah yeah i mean working working on a fish farm is quite different from you know lo- reading about what mm-hmm. a fish farm is or, about or even
0: like working at a a, a lab in, in yep. college, right? Like where you're, you might be actually raising fish, but there's a whole lot more that goes into <laughs> aquaculture than just raising the fish.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a, there's a, there's a mix that is very useful to have an academic background or a, or a, a formal education background, but it's, but it's quite flexible. So, uh, even even if all you've got is a high school uh, diploma or, or in our case, a leaving cert, something like that, you know, you've been to school, but you've spent five or 10 years working on farms, You that flexibility, the, the, the mix of your experience could well qualify you to be accepted into a cab as an auditor or to be accepted onto training courses to become an auditor. So there is quite a lot of flexibility in there, um, but most of the auditors that I would know would have some level of academic qualification mm-hmm. in a related field, not necessarily agriculture, but something related. So they have, you know, a biology background or a food safety background, something like that. And then some hands on industry experience, be it, you know, in some cases just pure research, never actually got a wage from working on a farm, but would have worked with them as a researcher or in labs connected with them. So it would have built up a, a, broad, a broad experience of what the industry is about without actually working on a boat or working on a, on a farm. So there is there is flexibility there, but a good mix of experience is whats is what we're looking for. Cool. And once you have that, you can go forward. There are then specific training courses you might have to do. But there's, there's two ways you can do that. You can fund that yourself. So you can pay to go on some of these courses your, yourself. But a lot of these courses are only open to cabs who want to put their auditors through. So you can join up with a cab and they will say, great, come on and work for us. We want to send you on this course, this course, and this course. Often they pay for it, and then you're qualified. And then they will take you into their system because even when you've got a degree and a master's and five years in the industry and specific training courses, you then need to go auditing. And you'll learn a lot under the supervision of of senior and experienced auditors to then become your own auditor. So the the training and the oversight actually never finishes. Even when you're auditing, and I've been auditing full-time for five years, I will have to be witnessed by a senior auditor over the coming months. Somebody will have to sit over my shoulder when I'm doing an audit and just make sure that I'm doing it the right way, the way they would say that I haven't picked up any bad habits. So even when you're doing it, you're still learning you're always being sent on new training courses or updating it uh, to update in your training. So it, 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 that actually keeps it interesting.
0: I've got a question for you for, sorry, uh, go ahead, Sean. No, 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 go ahead, please. It's been, it's, I've been taking over. So
1: no, 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 I just, um, so Fergal last week, I joked with Sean that an auditor's CV is probably the lengthiest, the longest CV I've ever seen of anyone out of any job I've ever worked in. It's crazy. So it's a lot of like education, a lot of, um, A lot of experience, a lot of background, a lot of skill set. So how, I mean, what is the awareness around, like, if you ask anyone in our job um, or anyone, any one of my friends that's ever asked me, like, what I do for a living, I have to explain them what I do. They still don't really fully understand it. And honestly I didn't really understand it until I was Ashley, like you, Actually your your position
0: sure. and the role that you have at GSA is I, I don't want to it's probably one of the most confusing roles <sighs> to, to describe. It's
1: confusing Sean after 4 years like, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I I could sit down like almost anyone in the company I could probably be like yeah this is they do this like this is this is their role this is like what they're responsible for and the, but the, with the CB stuff I I have mm-hmm. so, it's just like there's no way to concisely explain that
1: i'll have to explain how i got into this line of work after but um getting back to my question is there a lot of awareness around like certification schemes and what you do Fergal specifically um in your neck of the woods like do people know what auto like what you do and what for and like what do they know anything about it is it yeah yeah so
2: so the general public if you will um Mm -hmm. They don't, when you say, oh, I'm an auditor, Mm -hmm. they don't, they don't, it doesn't click with them. That doesn't compute, you know, there's not a, that's not a simple thing. So what I usually do is I explain, I describe myself as a fish farm inspector Okay. Then and then they say, okay, now I understand an inspector goes somewhere and checks things, right? Mm -hmm. So I say, I'm an inspector and they say, oh, for the government, because that's the immediate thing, it's a regulatory thing. And I say, no, actually for private standards, like... You know, the BAP standard or the organic standard, you might have seen this, seen it on your fish and they go, "Okay, now I kind of, you know, so so you start to see a light kind of going on a, a light bulb that you've 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 given them some idea of what you would do. So an inspector rather than an auditor gives a kind of an idea that you're going on with a clipboard or with a notebook and you're checking that they're doing things they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what an auditor is. Now, an inspector is regulatory, so you have to have them on, you know, they're coming to check legal things usually, whereas an auditor, the client is asking you to come on. It's a voluntary scheme they're joining up with, but they mm-hmm. still want you to come and check them and you're still there to check the list of, the, of requirements that they should have before you'll fill out a report that says, you know, basically, will this person get a get a certificate? or not you know Mm -hmm. so go ahead sorry go
1: ahead please finish
2: no 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 finish go ahead
1: do you think there's a lot of um do you think there's a younger population of individuals in your neck of the woods that are looking to get into auditing because i like i don't know a ton of people around here that are like going to college because someday they want to be you know a a seafood well you don't (laughs) think about it something you stumble into later in in your life along the way
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, I, when I was in college, I, I, I wanted to be Jacques Cousteau Uh <laughs> I never saw myself as a, as a, as an auditor, right? That, it wasn't that's really... the marine
0: bio thing. You either want to be Jacques Cousteau yeah. or you want to train dolphins at SeaWorld. Like those, are. The, yeah, those, yeah, you, yeah. you pick one of those, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Jacques Cousteau was my, was my thing. I wanted to live under the ocean and, and what have you. So um, didn't get to do that, but um, the, yeah, never, never, I wouldn't, you know, never realized that there was a career in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly when I was, when I was working as a consultant and working in research, I knew a couple of auditors vaguely, but I didn't really know what they did. Um, I wouldn't have been in, I wouldn't have been inspected on my own farm and I wouldn't have been involved in any inspections, but it is becoming very much more prevalent in the industry now being auditing, but being audited. So if you speak to anybody who works on a fish farm they will have met probably numerous auditors every other week there could be a different auditor for a different scheme coming on or certainly certainly regularly throughout the year there could be there could be auditors coming onto their site and they're aware of what they do they're aware of what of what they're they're there the why job they're, they're there, there to yeah. do yep yeah, yeah it's not and that it's you, not
0: that thing where the workers are like looking from the side like who's that guy why is he here it's like they just understand now <laughs>
2: I've been on farms where you know you, nobody knows who we are, and they're worried. But sure. you go back the following year, and they go, "Oh yeah, no, we we yeah. we we understand now." So you know they they should have been briefed. You know, this, the, we're not here to scare anybody. It's a voluntary thing. We're not here to to cause any trouble, if you will. Um, but um, uh, yeah, the industry is certainly more aware of auditing. It's becoming um, much more uh, a necessary part of the business. Mm-hmm. Because differentiating yourself in the marketplace, proving that your sustainability goals are the way, the, the way you state them, proving that your food safety is up to the standard that the supermarket requires, proving to the, to the person who's buying your fish or your shrimp or your mussels or whatever you're producing is, is up to the, to the standard that the buyer wants, that is becoming something that the industry has seen a massive value in so it is becoming much more of a much more of a role will there ever be you know people coming out of college going i'm going to be an auditor i'm now going to find out what i need to do after i finish my 3 years in college 4 years in college yeah there could well be people who see it as a see it as a career from very early on but you you can't go straight into it from college so you need to get into the industry and i suppose that that means that somebody who might be interested gets sidelined until they have enough experience mm-hmm. which is very useful but They could end up staying in fish farming, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of different
0: opportunities that people in that position could look at. Like we did a, a, we did a a episode with a university in Alaska where they actually have a program where you you literally you go there and it's like a working, almost like a working internship curriculum, and you're 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 there learning, but like you are doing all the work and you're you're managing a grow out, and it's uh, it's it's a pretty cool program. You know, there's ways there's ways to do it. Do you think that that recognition and that that uh, kind of regular, you know, you were you were kind of just talking about this like awareness and and the growing, I guess, popularity of auditing in seafood, but that's you're you're primarily focusing on the aquaculture side. Do you think we're seeing it become more common on the fishery side as well? I know we're starting yeah, it, to see some more certifications starting to pop up on the the wild caught side, but I don't know yeah, if that's still yeah, kind of in in its infancy.
2: Well on the on the vessel side so, so so some of the older standards worked on worked on fisheries so that the fishery for example for atlantic mackerel or for you know herring in in the north sea uh i'm going to say anchovies off the south american coast i don't know what you guys catch up in america redfish and halibut and swordfish things like this right so the fisheries themselves have often the stocks have often been certified mm-hmm. so you know there would be recognized uh labels that would that would show that but they're not audits as such the the fishery they look they look at the science they meet some of the fisheries managers mm-hmm. and they do a report on that the, you can get a certificate for a fishery having never seen a fishing boat or a fish. Hmm. So those standards are, I won't say very well developed, but there are there are standards that you can that you can get. But those they're they're quite different. Fishing fishing certification for the fishing boat um, and the crew to protect you know to kind of show that your the fishing boat itself is looking after its crew is looking after the environment is you know, being as, fishing as efficiently as possible and as eco-friendly as possible, if you will, those are still in their infancy. Now I would have worked on fishing boats doing, doing that type of work 20 years ago on schemes that never really gained traction in the marketplace because the person buying the fish didn't really think about where the fish were coming from. That's my understanding. You know, they, 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 they looked at the fish, they wanted it to be fresh, but they weren't who bothered whether the fishing boat was you know efficiently using its diesel, whether the fishing crew were getting a good wage? Mm-hmm. I think now the idea that you you want fresh fish and you don't care about the fishermen, I think that's gone. Mm-hmm. I think people care about where their food comes from, not just from the fact that the food is good and high quality, but that the people producing it are paid a fair wage. The boat is not unsta- the boat is safe the you know that they're not operating um in an unsustainable way so i think that's that they're they're not
0: out there for like 12 days (laughs) at a time without breaks and all this
2: yeah 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 i mean well well, actually some fishing boats do go out the crew are quite happy with that it depends on the fishery um Mm -hmm. you know some boats go out for a month for a month at a time but their crew would be month on month off yeah so That's, you know, I worked, I worked many years ago on an Icelandic boat. It was month off, m- month on, month off. They were, they were happy with that. You know, they'd go home for a month. They'd have nothing to do. They'd have a good wage and then they'd fly back down and go out in the boat. So some boats will do that, but, but the crew still have to be looked after. Mm-hmm. It has to be, you know, they, they can't sign up for a one week trip and find themselves three week on the same boat. You know, right, there's, exactly. there's lots of things. So I think, I think when you're buying fish now, I think people expect it, but to be able to prove it is, is now becoming a, thing, yeah. a, a much more of a much more relevant to in the industry I think yeah.
0: Okay, so then that leads me into what is the difference between the role of an auditor and the role of an observer on a fishing vessel.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I've actually I I've, I've I've done both. So Oh, perfect. Um I would have observed scientifically observed fishing boats. So you're on um Sometimes you, the fishing boat has to carry an observer. It's kind of a regulatory requirement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes you're just you're asking to go on, and they say, "Yeah, no problem." But you're only there to look at the catch. Okay, right. So I was on fishing boats. You were oh, the my only job on board was to measure fish, look at what they were catching, maybe look at where they were catching it, how many they were catching per. You know, hour of trawling or per um, thousand hooks on a on a line.
0: What they're getting so bycatch and
2: yeah, yeah, measuring bycatch and and uh, and and things like that. Okay, but it was but you but you weren't there to say you're not fishing in the right spot. You were not there to say the crew aren't being looked after. You had no role in that.
0: Interesting. I know that when people so, finish, a lot of times, a lot of people that I knew that were in the same program as me going for aquaculture fisheries tech a lot of the professors would push them towards starting in an observer role yeah because that's something that they could do right out of school so i was just it's i was just yeah. curious kind of what the difference was yeah so thank you
2: yeah it's it's observing is a great way of uh we'll see in the world um but the sea looks the same from everywhere so it's a <laughs> great way of getting industry experience because th- there are a lot of observers needed on a lot of boats you can move around into different fisheries different areas different types of boats and bec- not in all cases, but in a lot of cases you're you're not part of the regulatory framework you're only there to measure catch scientifically interesting now there are observers i'll I'll qualify that there are observers whose job it is to make sure that the fishing boat lands doesn't doesn't land incorrect fish or logs them correctly. You are actually you know part of the policing regime so that's a that's a slightly different thing. I was never involved in that. I was only ever there just to collect scientific data and it was fascinating and interesting but um uh, yeah, auditing is auditing is is quite different. So, I would have done quite a lot of work with fishing boats at the start of my career, and then I went into fish working with fish farmers and aquaculture. And it's chalk and cheese. One's nine to five, Monday to Friday. The other is you know Monday to Friday, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, in all weathers. Right. right so on a fishing boat you go out you don't know what you're going to catch you don't know where you're going to be you don't know what the weather's going to be like and you have no say in it yeah on a fish farm you go out on monday you know you're going to be back home at five o'clock on friday you know you're going to get a cup of tea and at lunchtime and it's and it's much more of a reg you know a regular kind of work hour a regular business fishing boats fishermen love it they love it they're out there hunting and gathering they're out there in all weathers they're out there one week they might make a fortune the next they might lose it Mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's it's fun but very they're very different very different industries very different businesses
0: yeah you just kind of have to pick what suits you right like every to each their own really yeah yeah. so walk us through i there's a lot of benefits to being an an auditor but i want to hear kind of like what is the like walk us through like a day in the life, right? I know it's going to be a multi-day thing when you're doing an audit. So like kind of walk us through yep. the process. When say someone finishes school, they get work, get some work at a fish farm for, you know, five, six years. And then they decide, okay, I really enjoy this, but I want to see the world and I want to see all the different types of farms. And I, I think I want to do some auditing. Yep. They get hired by a CB, they get trained and uh, now they're ready to go out and do some audits walk us through what it's like when you when you're doing okay. this
2: yep yep absolutely so so let me use an example of what i'm expecting next week
0: okay yeah so perfect.
2: i'm doing an i'm doing an audit next week so for the last couple so i was approached by a cb who said look we have a client coming up for a for an audit can you do it and i said yeah i'll how about that week and the you know we fill out a few forms we have a bit of a chat and eventually we 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 nail down a couple of days to do the audit so in this case it's a muscle farm. I'm going next to audit them next Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, I would have spoken to the client, checked the weather, made sure that they were going to be there, that they were going to be working on those days. And um, I've arranged my flight. So next Monday, I will go and I'll fly to England. It's only about an hour away uh, from, my, from my nearby airport. I will drive down to the port where they operate from and I'll check into a hotel. On Tuesday morning, I will meet them on the pier. I will what we call open the audit. So I'll meet them and I'll say, I'll have this kind of a formal process you need to go through. I am here to check your business for conformity with this standard, right? Um, and, you know, in the case of BAP, it'll be the BAP bivalve standard for, for offshore farms, right? So they understand that. They know they know what it's about. Um, if they don't, they they will pretty soon. Right. So I will jump on their boat. They usually they provide me with uh, a life jacket. Uh, Sometimes I have to bring my own, but usually the client provides me with a life jacket and often lunch. Right. I'll jump on the boat next Tuesday morning in hopefully nice sunshine, and head out to their farm. And on the way out, I'll be having a chat to the to the manager or the client or the skipper, to you know find out what they're about, find out some of the background behind the company, get to know them. Mm -hmm. Right you know that's that's kind of more out of politeness and and, and interest in anything so on the way out if we have time I'll be doing some some background checks for example have they got a copy of their license to be able to do this have they a copy of the workboat license that, that 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 the um the british authorities will give to the boat to allow them to work has the skipper got a qualification can i see it right we'll be able to deal with a lot of those things on the way out to the to the mussel farm right when we get to the mussel farm, I'm observing there what they're doing. So they're going to start harvesting muscle probably, and um, putting them into bags and getting them ready for the market. I'll be observing that. I might talk to some of the crew as we go along. You know, were they trained? Do they have any qualifications? Are they provided with life jackets? Are they wearing their life jackets? Are they wearing hard hats when the crane is operating? Things like that. Health and safety be- comes into comes into the standard. Um, I'll be looking at their paperwork. So, do they, do they need documents to to, to harvest <laughs> mussels even from their own license? Do they need uh, documents to transport them by road, land them on into a port? Usually, there's some level of landing document. Um, so I'll be checking that to make sure that they are keeping an eye on their on their traceability, right? Um, Did they have to test any of the muscles before they before they harvested them, or do they have to test them before they go to market? Do they have to treat them? W- when you they, say test them, going?
0: do you mean like testing for like biotoxins or? yep okay
2: yeah yeah so by, bival- bivalve usually, usually there's two types of tests that you get um or that you look for one would be a microbiology to to show that the water is um you know free from free from uh pollution yep. right so that would be a bacterial test it's you you know very often in europe it's tested once a month Um, you get a you get a clearance a classification on whether you're a or b um i probably probably it varies dependent depending on the regime but Similar enough bacterial tests, and then usually weekly in the summer you're checking for biotoxins or so red tides. They will have they will usually have been given the all clear for that week. There's no there's no problem. There's no biotoxins in the muscles in this area for this week. You know, but they will have had to check that themselves, and I will verify that they've checked it. You know, got gotcha. you. Sorry and when to they have all those all. Yep. when they have all those all clears, they bring it to, bring it to shore. So I'm observing on the on the boat. I'm observing their work practices. I'm observing the paperwork and um, that they're that they're having to do as part of that their traceability. There's all different parts of the standard that I'll be doing as we go along, and then we'll come back to shore. I'll observe them harvest uh, getting the the harvest into trucks and and check the paperwork. That that's my plan for ch- next Tuesday, next Wednesday. Then I'll meet the office manager or the company manager or the company quality manager depends on who is provided who the client provides sometimes you're talking with the boss because it's a small business Mm -hmm. sometimes you're talking with one of 20 of a quality section who will handle the audit with me um and I'll, I might sit down with them. I might request to, to talk to some staff. I might request to talk to the managing director or the lab tech, depending on the size of the business, things like that. So in the office, then I'll go back through, I'll look for environmental reports that they might need to provide. How are they ensuring that they're not having an environmental negative impact? Um, you know, Do they do any monitoring, things like that? There's Again, I'm working through the standards. There's lots of different things that they need to show me so that I can report on it so that they comply with the standards. Yeah.
0: So, and you're basically working off of like a checklist, right? When we're looking it's, at yeah. the standards that just have, they have a number of clauses and you gotta, yep, you gotta check off each one, right?
2: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So, as we go, as we go through the day, I'm ticking them all off. Any that are left till the end of the, t- till the following day, I'll tick off then. And what we do then is I'm looking for compliance with the standard. If they can't show me that, it becomes what we call a nonconformity. So, If there's a part of the standard or one clause that they just don't have the paperwork for, or don't have the document or have it, but can't show it to me, um, or I spot something that, you know, something that hasn't been maintained or, you know, a a, a life jacket that has, that isn't working or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, that'll go down as a non-conformity and you leave that report with them to say, look, you're almost up to standard, but you're not quite, you need to fix these things that I've spotted that aren't up to standard. And then... Over the following weeks or, or so, they will fix those issues, show me that they fixed those issues, and I'll say, okay, you're now up to code. Now, my report will say that you are in need of, you know, in, 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 up, to, up to, you've met all the requirements. You're in compliance. So all going well then, I'll finish up on Wednesday uh, with them having checked all their shore uh, areas and their office and and, and all of that. I'll have a closing meeting, so a formal, these are the non-conformities that I've I've raised. Um, Here's how I want you to fix them. I'll ask if they have any questions. um, And then I will fly home. And on Thursday, I will start writing my report, probably finish it on Friday, back at home. I'll send it into the CB that I'm working for with, with all the evidence and everything I've collected. I'll send them an invoice so that I get paid. And then that's largely my, my job done. So there's a week, there's a week of traveling, two days auditing, another day to travel back and, you know, a day or two to write, to write the report. There's a, there's a week in, a week in an auditor's, in an auditor's life for next week. Some weeks are, some weeks you might be on five fish farms in, in four days, some weeks you'd fly, you'd fly, and and you'd be on one farm for a day. It there's a there's quite a lot of variety. Yeah. Um, well, there's so many different
0: know. types of farms and sizes and yep. locations and.
2: Yep.
1: So I've got a question for you, Fergal. I don't know how much time we have left, so hopefully I can. Um, yeah, no, we got quickly, we got like a good
0: 10-15 uh, minutes left. So.
1: Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah. So for BAP, it is you know it's in our best interest to gather up you know, auditors in, in as many places in the world as we can. So it's it's always good to bring on more auditors. So what would you say, just to kind of talk it up a little bit, what are kind of like some of the biggest benefits of your job or what you love about the job? And you've kind of alluded a little bit to like traveling to different places um, and how that's that can be interesting. But what are, I mean, just here's your chance to really talk up being an auditor and, you know, really just put it out there for, Maybe people that are interested or have no idea what it is. What are some of the benefits of your job?
2: Yeah, yeah. So so I enjoy it um, uh, and I'm still doing it, you know, 10 years or more after starting doing it. So, so it is still keeping me interesting. I like variety in, in, in my job. So, And there, there is a lot of variety. So although I'm auditing a lot, there's different countries different farming types different areas different regimes at different times of the year some days it'll be a sunny day on a boat the next it'll be snow in northern norway and the airplane can't land so we have to drive for 12 hours you know and get a ferry um there's quite a lot of variety so i like that i like meeting people um and and you you know you do it you do an awful lot of meeting different different crews and different parts of the in in different parts of the industry. So I like that. I like offering something back to them. So a good audit is where I can actually add some value. I can find something or see something that they haven't noticed themselves or that they, you know, didn't notice and realize that, that they, that they should have. I like adding a little bit of value back if I can, you know, and you, you often can, not always, but you often can. Um, I like continuously learning. So. There's always updates to standards. There's always courses that you need to be going on. Um, there's always uh, podcasts that you need to be listening to to stay up with the latest in the industry. Because if you're going to be auditing against updated standards, you need to be ahead of the ahead of the standard, ahead of the industry, or at least at the, you know you need to understand as at least as much as they do mm-hmm. where possible. Um, so constantly learning, constantly staying on top of things, constantly keeping your skills fresh. I enjoy that. Um, I enjoy travel. There's, there's always a limit. I don't want to travel every day of the week um, or every day of the year or every week of the year, but I enjoy the flexibility. So I might be traveling next week. I might not travel for two weeks. Then I might have two weeks bit of travel. This year, I've been to Canada. I've been to Morocco. I was supposed to go to Dubai, but that was canceled. I've been in Scotland uh, quite a few times. I've been all over Ireland. The, I I enjoy that. It's small, you know. It, like I say, there's a I'm off to England. There's a there's a good balance, and and you know that's that's easy to attain as a freelance auditor. You can take on as much work as you as you want. You can start saying no or start rescheduling things or or what have you if you're getting too busy. So that gives a lot of that gives a lot of flexibility.
0: Yeah. So for anyone so who is looking for something that will allow them to do a lot of travel and experience a lot of different cultures and different parts of the world, this is a great opportunity. Yeah great option. What's
1: the um just um what's the weirdest or funniest situation you've ever found yourself in <laughs> yeah. when doing yeah. an audit?
2: The weirdest situation I've been in Wow. Okay. Not. Not. Uh, I haven't been involved in anything really crazy. I did Norway, Norway in winter. A lot mm-hmm. of driving. A lot of driving through tunnels that might be twenty kilometers long, um, on mm-hmm. snow that's six foot deep. You know, uh, uh, I, I, that was that was all new to me. Now I did enjoy that, um, but no, like I've never been. Stuck on a boat, you know. I've never been arrested as part of an audit or anything like that. I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard stories, good ones, but they're not mine, so I won't, uh, I won't repeat them here. But no, no, usually, usually, well, well looked after. Um, I had a great audit for one of your standards there on a on a fish hatchery in Canada there recently. Um, I saw bears, well, a black bear. Um, I saw deer. I saw hummingbirds. There was something else. There was whales. So you're out, you know, a lot of fish farms are in very rural spots. There'd be no reason to be there unless you're working. You know, you'd never go walking or hiking up to these spots or take a 10 hour drive to get there unless you have a reason to. So some of the parts of Canada I've been in on the west coast of Canada or, or Vancouver Island, I'd never have been there as if 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 it wasn't for work, and I've thoroughly enjoyed seeing some of these spots and 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 working there you know you you're you're not just looking at a monument or you know walking through a museum you're you're talking to people who live there you're you're sitting down for lunch with them you're you know sitting down for dinner with them you're traveling on the boat with them you know you get you know you get to know them and you get to know what their life's like, so it's yeah, it's good.
0: Probably like get it. to try a lot of uh good seafood too.
2: <laughs> you do, you do, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Most most farms that I work on, they 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 all eat what they produce. Yeah. You know. Um you know, yeah. It, it's, it's always nice. a testament. I usually ask, you know, do you, you you're you're surrounded by a hundred tons or a thousand tons of product here. Are you not sick of the sight of it? It's like, no, we get the barbecue out on a on a Friday evening, as as staff, and we all have a go, um, and that's always nice to see. You know,
0: cool. Well, I don't want to uh, keep you for too long. I know you got to go get a haircut,
2: but uh... <laughs> <laughs> thankfully we're not. Uh, thankfully we're not broadcasting this on video. Sean. You know, it's, it's uh, be frightening. Oh, I
0: think you look great. Is there anything else that uh, that you would really want to just get out there for anyone who is maybe didn't even realize that this was a thing that they could do, and and it has a little bit of interest in it? What what, what message would would you want to send to
2: those people? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, it's been very good to me. Um and I had I had taken it up part-time um and kind of never thought about doing it full-time. I thought it would be too much to take on and too uh samey, if you will. Whereas actually what I found is that the variety is there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, to keep you interested from 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 one meet to the next. Um it, it, it you're you're continuously learning you're going into parts of the industry you'd never get to if you worked on a fish farm you know you wouldn't get you, people to work on 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 the boat on a fish farm don't get to go to the hatchery they don't get to go to the processing plant. they don't get to sit and in go into the lab so you see all parts of an industry that you know rather than being the you know the work is very broad uh the travel is very interesting um the training's very, the training can be interesting uh yeah it's a good it's there's good variety and it can lead to other things. So I worked on farms I never would have got a chance to work on, and I've been on them. I've 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 spoken to people in parts of industries that I never would have. So that's very good for my great way to build experience. a network
0: too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, great way to build a network. Great way to gain experience. You know, even 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 um you know a couple of days on a farm, you can learn a lot. You know, you can take that you can take that with you. You know, so uh yeah, I totally I've totally enjoyed it, and there's there's plenty of work. How how often do you end up going
0: back? To audit farms that you've audited in the past, or farms, processing plants, hatcheries, any Like, how often do you get yeah. like repeat locations?
2: Often, yeah, often, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. they prefer that? So, yeah, you, 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 a lot of the, a lot of the time, you will. You will do a, what the, you know an initial audit on a farm that's never been audited before. You'll go back the following year and um, depends on the standard it'll be a full audit or, or a surveillance audit where you might be you know not covering every aspect but but a lot of them um, and you will you will often go back to the same farm and it's great actually because the first time you're on a farm, you're learning just how to get around and what what it's all mm-hmm. about that can be that can take a lot more time than you think. but the second time you go. You already know where you where, where you've been. So you get to dig a bit deeper. You get to spend a bit, bit of time with people that you may not have had a long chat with the first time. It'll be a little more comfortable um, with you. <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You've introduced yourself. So they're not they're not worried anymore or they're not they know what to expect from you. Mm-hmm. So so I like that. Now you're not allowed to go too often. So um a lot of the time you would be allowed to do three years in a row, but but you wouldn't be allowed to do a fourth. You have to take a break, allow somebody else in. That stops you getting too familiar. Yeah. And you know, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of eyes will find things that you haven't by the third year, you know, and, and and if you don't find something or see something or see an area of the business that you should have by the third year, you'll probably never see it. Right. So you get a fresh pair of eyes there there and you go off and you and you audit somewhere else. So, you know, it, it, it can be great to go back to the same spot, but it can be equally as refreshing to go to uh, to go to new spots and meet new people and, and check out new farms. Yeah.
0: Right on. So if anybody uh, has questions or they want to learn more about this and they would like to get in contact with you, uh, are you comfortable with that? And if so, how yeah. would people, uh, what's the best way for people to get in, in contact?
2: Yeah, well, well, um, I won't put my email address out there, but I suppose I'm on, I'm on LinkedIn, Fergal Guilfoyle. You know, if you look up back, Fergal Guilfoyle, Gil, Fergal you'll get me aquaculture auditor. Fergal or Aquaculture Auditor Ireland. I'm sure my LinkedIn profile will 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 have that. If they contact you guys, and I'm I'm more than I'm more than willing to have you guys send on my details. If I can ch- help and chat with anybody, that's no problem. You know that's that's all part of the part of the educational part of the business. I've I, I, you know don't have any I don't have any problem with that. So yeah, look me up on LinkedIn. I suppose it's the easiest, or or come at me through through you guys. Yeah,
0: perfect. Ashley, uh, anything else that you want to get out there while while you have the mic?
1: Um, no, I think. I think Fergal did an awesome job. I mean, as soon as you kind of asked us about doing this podcast um, and you told us that you wanted to interview an auditor, we, like Val and I both just were like instantly like, let's talk to Fergal because we, like, it's always been a pleasure talking to you, Fergal. You always seem very knowledgeable. You have a great speaking voice. So, you know, that helps with the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, I think he did a very, I think this was good. I think it was a good way to educate people out there that don't really have any idea about what we do or what the day in the life of an auditor is like. So, thank you for your time. We really appreciate
2: no, it. No, you're welcome. And actually, the, one of the one of the if you if you were interested, one of the places to go to would be the would be the 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 BAP website. So the that documents works. the documents that list out the requirements for an auditor are publicly available on that website. So you can find out what what you would need to do. Um, and you can check down through that checklist and if you're not there you can you can talk to a CB or talk to an auditor and say look I'd quite like to do this what do I need to do and they'll say look you just need an extra year here or you could do that course or you should talk to that person or what have you so you know there's auditors all over the world all, all different languages but the 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 CBs will, will be contactable but also the standards so BAP go on the website check out the document that covers the auditor qualifications and how you would get onto a course and yeah, see if you have the, see if you had the experience, you'll probably enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And if anybody wants just a, a fast track for that, just contact us podcast globalseafood globalseafood.org. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll connect you with whoever we need to, whoever you need to talk to to get, uh, get that yeah. process started. So for sure. Well, Fergal, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, sit down me. with us in between, uh, in between audits. And I wish you good luck in England and um, we'll stay in touch. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Safe no, thanks too. very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Ashley, thank you for coming on too.
1: Thank you for having me, Sean. Appreciate it.
0: Folks, that was my conversation with Ashley Hart and Fergal Gilfoyle, all about what it is like being an auditor in the seafood industry. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. And I hope that you'll reach out to Fergal or us or Ashley, if this is something that you're interested in doing with your career. Remember to make sure that you are subscribed to Aquademia wherever you listen. That way, every time a new episode comes out, it'll be automatically downloaded directly to your device. Get in contact with us by using the contact form at globalseafood.org slash podcast or find us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. And remember to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen we really appreciate everybody that has already done that and of course if you like what we do and you want to be more involved you may want to consider becoming a member and all of the information about our membership program can be found at globalseafood.org membership thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time